Hi, I'm Hallie Ritsu. And I'm Allison Friedman. And this is Personal Jurisdiction. A podcast where we get personal with lawyers about their journeys before, during, and after law school. Join us for season four as our guests share their reflections on the highs and lows of how they got to where they are today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a special wrap-up episode of Personal Jurisdiction. Allison and I haven't done a wrap-up episode in a while, but we accomplished so many things in season four, and we're really excited to share those with you, remind you about some of the milestones, guests, and themes that we touched on in season four. So we're back, and in the spirit of a very late Spotify wrap-up, We wanted to share some of those things with you. So if you've been listening, you know that we had 14 episodes in season four and we had two new formats that we tried um, with varying degrees of success in season four, learning a lot about how to use technology with LinkedIn Live. And then we also did a law school live at the University of New Mexico School of Law, very wonderfully got to visit Allison in person and and also get to experience the hospitality of the University of New Mexico School of Law. So Allison, I've been blabbing on without even saying hello to you. So hi. Hi, Hallie. <laughs> um, I just want to say about the live episodes that they were also so fun because we got to interact with many of you either yes. online um, through the live format or through some of, you know, our listeners at mm-hmm. the University of New Mexico. So yeah, that was really fun to try some new different uh, ways to bring the podcast to everyone. Yes. And those are on our feed. So you can go, if you weren't there for the lives, you can still go back and listen. Yes. Yes. And it was fun to be together in person to do an episode, which since That's we started true. this in 2021, and have not lived in the same place since then, we've never done. So that, of course, is my preferred format. So we'll have to see how many more of those we can we can schedule for the next seasons of personal jurisdiction. So let's talk a little bit about or just quickly go over the types of legal jobs that we've covered in season four. Yeah, so true to our promise of trying to cover many different types of jobs in season four, we talked to public interest lawyers. We talked to lawyers from big law firms, both at the associate and partner levels. We talked to lawyers from small firms, um, people who were in-house. We talked to people who were at nonprofits, at legal aid, at the ACLU. We talked to people who were in academia or professors. Um, We talked to one AI and legal writing expert, uh, which was a kind of unique experience for the pod. We talked to a DEI professional. And as you all know, in our last few episodes, we talked to law clerks and a tribal uh, court judge. Yeah. So many different. It's fun to review that list and remember all of the different conversations that we've had um, because no episode really was the same. Even with people in similar areas of the law, we learned so much about not just what those jobs entail day to day, but also each guest's journey to, to that job. Um, We also covered a lot of different areas of the law, including 
just general litigation and transactional practices. So um, learned a little bit more about what each of those paths entails. But then we talked about impact litigation and direct services. We had a lot of great guests on this season to help us understand the differences between those two things. We talked about housing law, civil rights, sports transactions, wrongful convictions, poverty law, healthcare compliance, white collar defense, environmental defense, AI. And then of course we talked about clerking and what that means to be a judicial law clerk at the different levels of both the state court and federal systems. And then we also talked about tribal courts. So again, covering a lot of ground, Allison. Yeah, yeah, I know. I also just want to give a shout out to the fact that we talked to a number of guests from New Mexico this semester or this season, because um, as many of you know, I moved back to Albuquerque, um, where I'm originally from. And so we had the pleasure of talking to a number of different guests from different legal organizations um, and law clerks and judges um, from New Mexico. So that was kind of a fun thing that we incorporated um, a lot more of, and I think learned quite a bit about, you know, a different legal market. So obviously Hallie and I both went to law school in Chicago and um, we've had, you know, a number of um, lawyers on from larger markets. So it's been fun to sort of explore, um, you know, a smaller legal market, what that looks like, um, what types of jobs um, exist in that, in one of those markets. Um, And we hope that a lot of, of you all will connect with that as well, because there's only a finite number of large legal markets, yeah. right? Lots and lots of lawyers out there are practicing in smaller markets. So that's been really fun for us as well. Mm-hmm. So many different considerations too about operating both in law school and as a practicing attorney in smaller markets. I certainly learned a lot about that and it was fun to, of course, the live I'll bring up again, get to meet people in your community, Allison, and um, just as your friend, get to be a part of what your life is like in Albuquerque, but then also get to speak with um, guests who have always worked in smaller law firms, who have worked as solo small firm attorneys, Um, because again, so many of you all out there are doing that, and so... um, that's been something that we've tried to focus on in season four too. So, okay, we got kind of the numbers and the overview of areas of law and different career paths, but let's talk about some of the themes that we viewed or that we um, kind of have pulled out of this season. Allison, can you start us off? I would love to. So I think the first theme I'd like to to sort of pull out of some of our episodes is this idea of not counting yourself out. Yes. So, you know, I think it's very easy for us to think, oh, I'm not qualified for that job. My resume mm-hmm. doesn't look a certain way. 
Um, you know, I just don't feel confident enough to even interview for that job. Or yeah. the interview post says I need three years of experience and I mm-hmm. only have two years, right? Any number of reasons that we can talk ourselves out of applying for a job or putting ourselves out there for an opportunity. And I think a number of guests sort of highlighted the fact that it's so important not to count yourself out, right? Yeah. Um, just if you're interested, like in clerking, for example, right? Um, I think Jackie um, on our most recent, uh, clerkship episode, she, you know, said she didn't even know what clerking was when she came into law school. And it was just so important at the end of the day that she, you know, used, um, sort of her local community and the resources at the university of New Mexico law school to, again, to not count herself out. And she ended up, you know, not only doing an externship, but now she's clerking for a federal district court. Um, Jessica Patagannon, um, who's an associate at Davis Polk, she also talked about how she's a first-generation law student at the University of mm-hmm. Michigan, and um, you know she was really hesitant to even apply to work at a large law firm. You know, she yeah. said, "I didn't know what big law was, right?" Which mm-hmm. we talked about many times. Neither of us yeah. had a clue what big law was before we started working in it. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, she said, you know, again, through sort of like uh, her school and meeting different, you know, folks uh, through externships and jobs, she was able to figure out what that is and decided, okay, I want to give it a try. Right. So she didn't Mm -hmm. count herself out and she really put herself out there. Um, I'll just give one other example, which is Maria Griego um, from the Center on Law and Poverty in New Mexico. She, I love her story about how she started, um, you know, owning a furniture store. And it was actually a a personal, um, you know, story where she ended up in litigation herself and decided, Mm -hmm. wow, I don't know how to navigate this system and ended up going to law school, right? And is now an amazing um, impact litigator um, and working, you know, on housing uh, issues in New Mexico. Um, And, you know, she said, I wasn't sure if I really wanted to go back to school, right? She Mm -hmm. had a whole career and owned a store and everything. And then just decided, you know what, I'm not going to count myself out of that. This is something I'm really interested in, even though, you know, it's going to take some time for me to go back to school and do this sort of as, you know, a second job or a second Mm -hmm. career. Um, But she did. So I think we just have so many really wonderful examples of not counting yourself out in various different ways um, that I think it's a good theme for this season. Definitely. And something just occurred to me, Allison, which is that this season we brought back two previous guests. Yes, we did. Yes, I know. I almost forgot. But when you mentioned Jessica, Jessica Padugan, we had her on when she was about to graduate from Michigan law. Um, and she talked to us about her clinic experience and now she is I think, almost two years into mm-hmm. her career, um, as a litigation associate in New York. So I, I was really excited to have her back one because she's just wonderful, but also to hear from her, what her experience has been like as a new attorney, a new associate. I, I hope that a lot of people have listened to that episode. I know I've shared it with a number of um, people in my circle because I think it's easy to forget what that experience was like because there are a lot of ups and downs. And so hearing it from her because she's 
just in in it right now was really helpful. And of course, it was a pleasure to have her back on the podcast. We appreciate that she was willing to come back and chat with us. And the same for Dan Sharp. So Dan joined us, I think in season one, which mm-hmm. is seems like a million years ago, um, as a patent attorney and kind of something that was important to him at the time was his work in the DEI space at his firm. And then since then, Dan has left the practice of law and is a DEI professional full-time at Foley and Lardner in DC. And so we did our LinkedIn Live with Dan early on in season four to hear about that transition from the practice of law to, you know, still working at a law firm, but in a different capacity. And then also to get his insight on um, OCI especially and some guidance for students in evaluating firms based on their DEI policies and the types of questions to ask, um, not only in the interview process, but also just generally to learn more about what it's like to work at a certain firm. So that's another episode that is going to be timely again coming up soon as the recruiting season seems to get earlier and earlier. So fun to bring people back um, and just show that careers are changing. You know, your position is changing over the course of your career um, and to learn more about what the impetus behind making those changes. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and as you, I mean, as you just highlighted, if you're a law student who's going to interview for any job, listen to that Dan Sharp episode. It I know. Is so incredibly helpful. Probably have to have Dan back another time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And if you are a um, newly minted attorney, listen to the Jessica episode because yeah. uh, the second, I guess, the, the second one of, of each of their episodes, um, because she's so helpful in just laying out what it's like to be a new attorney. And it took us back to that space. And I know Definitely. we were kind of reminiscing about And wishing about we had her advice. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yes. She has lots of good insights. So. Well, that's such a perfect transition, Allison, because we also featured a number of episodes about working in the big law and smaller medium law um, world as part as a partner and as an associate. And so um, one of my favorite episodes from the season, I mean, I'll say that about all of them, but Rachel Levick, who is a litigation partner working in environmental law um, in DC and is a relatively new partner at her firm and shared excellent advice about her approach to working with associates. And again, that's something that um, I think is really helpful for associates to hear because she talks about not only what her process was like as she was an associate herself, but then also how she likes to work with associates and what's helpful to her as a partner in that situation. And again, I mean, I don't know if this whole podcast is about us reminiscing about certain parts of our careers, <laughs> but I, I found that perspective to be just so enlightening. And of course, I would hope 
everyone who's in kind of the partner position could take Rachel's lead in in thinking about okay when I was an associate how did I want to be treated because mm-hmm. I think that that would improve so much of what can be pretty difficult about working in in any legal setting um but hearing that from Rachel was was really wonderful and then we similarly got to speak with Drew Barris um and his law partner Jessica and um their founders of the Croak Fairchild Duarte and Barris firm here in Chicago and Drew was a law school classmate of ours Um, but learning about how they went from big law to starting a firm of not that many people that has since grown um, pretty quickly and very successfully in Chicago since the pandemic. And I, with them, I just loved that they talked about um, informing their law firm and in bringing new people on how flexible they are with yeah. associate. I mean, with anyone, but I think associates in particular, right? They really have a one-on-one approach to the way that they manage um, mm-hmm. associates and bring them on. And we're saying like, this is the day and age where it's time to be flexible, right? Like yeah. if you want to work, you know, um, part-time, like that's great, right? We really still value like the amount of time that you're willing to provide to the firm, right? If you mm-hmm. want to work remotely, like that works too, right? Yeah. Um, and I think they were both really upfront and honest about like what it means to have um, children and to be working in a fast-paced legal environment and and yeah. why flexibility is so important. So I really appreciated their candor about, um, you know, the way that they have brought people into the law firm and chosen very consciously to manage, um, you know, the different types of schedules. And they were honest about the fact that like, as you know, the people managing the firm, it's not easy (laughs) to be, you know, having so many different, um, you know, uh, work arrangements, but that that's what really makes them unique. And I think is hopefully the wave of the future. Definitely. Yeah. It's nice to see a move away from one size fits all, um, as far as work arrangements go. And that's something just in speaking with friends and colleagues nowadays is really valued, um, as a benefit to, to working in the law. And then let's see, we also talked to Kate Furlick in Santa Fe, New Mexico about her experience at a smaller law firm. Um, and again, just a really great perspective on what it's like to work in a different legal market. And then also she's a law firm founder. So a great episode for many, many reasons as all of our episodes are, but particularly if you're thinking about, what it would be like to work at a smaller firm, or you're thinking about maybe starting your own firm. Mm-hmm. Um, great, great advice from Drew, Jessica, and Kate. And I'll just add one more thing because I have thought about this so many times since Kate said it, which is just that the way that they think about associates is just, you know, as equal sort of in the round table yeah. that they have every week. Yes. And she said that, you know, they want associates to be coming to them with like original ideas at that table. Mm -hmm. And they all sit down every single week and like everyone's voice is viewed at, you know, as the same. And I just thought that was like such an interesting 
um, an important way, you know, especially at a smaller firm where you can do that, just have everyone in one room and have these brainstorming sessions, right? Which mm-hmm. she said is kind of how they come up with a lot of their original um, litigation ideas because they're plaintiff yeah. side, right? So they're coming up with kind of novel um unique theories in the civil rights space, um, which they do quite well. So I thought that was a really cool um, way, sort of in the partner associate dynamic that we're talking about in this theme. I thought that was a really um, awesome thing they do. Definitely. Definitely. So, all right, moving right along to theme number three. Um, I think we wanted to highlight this idea of moving from uh, a firm to mm-hmm. in-house. So Definitely. we've had a couple of guests on the podcast in prior seasons who have done this, but I think um, both Andrew Harrington Gilmore, who is the uh, Associate General Counsel at the Chicago Bulls, very cool, mm-hmm. um, and Lisa Hoydoisian, um, who um, it works at Walgreens in, in compliance, mm-hmm. um, they both had just really interesting stories about how they used the skills that they gained. They both worked in big law um, Mm -hmm. in in different firms in Chicago, but they used the skills that they gained there to really decide consciously where they wanted to go next in their careers. And for them, that was both in-house. And Andrew's more on the transactional side and Lisa is more on the compliance side. She did Mm -hmm. um, litigation before going to Walgreens. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, two sort of different, uh, different sides of the same coin, I guess there. And, you know, once they were in-house, they, they highlighted the various skills that really translated, which was most of them, right, yeah. from from the law firm to in-house. So I just thought that that was really sort of interesting and important um, to call out because mm-hmm. I think we can tend to see our jobs in these silos. Definitely. And turns out, you know, as I try to teach my students, <laughs> we are learning generalizable skills here that can mm-hmm. be used across many, many different areas of the law. And I think both Andrew and Lisa are a perfect example of that, um, trying to take skills from one arena and apply them directly into another arena. Um, And I think they've both been um, very successful in doing that. Oh, definitely. And it's fun too, because you worked with Andrew and I worked with Lisa at our prior firms. And it is wonderful to see how they have transition from really successful law firm careers to in-house positions. Lisa doing something pretty different, you know, from what she was doing at McDermott. But like you said, just using those skills and applying them to a different way to advise her company. Um, It was really fun to have both of them on. And let's see, we had a great guest with Ross Guberman talking about artificial intelligence and his personal career journey from a big law attorney to now a legal tech founder and um, hearing about the problems he's trying to help people solve with brief catch as well as his role as a legal writing expert Mm -hmm. um, for really, it seems like everyone, but (laughs) definitely (laughs) judges and um, law firms around the country was something really new for both of us to hear about, but fun to hear both his career journey and his perspective on AI as that is basically the number one thing 
everyone is talking about inside and outside the law these days. Yeah. And I, I think just cool to know that, you know, it's a tool certainly that I am still trying to wrap my head around. As you know, Holly, Constantly. tech is yeah. not not my forte. So this is a scary frontier for me. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think it's it was helpful to hear from him just like it can be a tool that is so helpful to us as lawyers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have to be careful in the way that we're using it. Obviously, we've all seen the articles out there about, you know, lawyers submitting briefs with cases that don't exist. So mm-hmm. don't be that person. But, you know, that it's a really interesting um, and helpful tool. And I'm excited to just kind of see how how it continues to develop. So I thought it was fun to talk to someone who's really, you know, deeply enmeshed in, in the AI space in the legal world, um, because mm-hmm. I am certainly still very surface level. <laughs> That's okay. Because honestly, in thinking about probably the very basic thing that um, some of that technology is doing is just making it easier to spend time on strategy and thought instead of making sure citations are perfect. Yes. And I'm full on fan of Blue Book, as you know. Mine is, I still have the same one from law school with a thousand tabs. But, (laughs) you know, in, in thinking about, again, leaving time for new associates to actually spend time thinking about the law and strategizing. It's great that some of that, um, I don't want to call it administrative, but I think you know what I mean. Taking some Mm -hmm. of that off the plate or making it a little bit less time consuming is a great path forward. So absolutely from him. Yes. I could not agree with that more. So, The last sort of theme that we wanted to call out today um, was this very cool thing we had happen twice this season, um, (laughs) which is that it. it turns out that two people with very different uh, career paths can end up in the same job. So Mm -hmm. um, both Megan Richardson and Lauren Myerskoff-Muller, who um, work at the Exoneration Project, are one example of that. And then Serge Martinez and Elizabeth Aliyah, who are both professors here at the University of New Mexico and co-founders of the New Mexico Center for Housing Law, um, are another example of that. And Mm -hmm. so... This is just something that we are really passionate about highlighting because, as many of our listeners know, um, we are all about uh, highlighting different, you know, career paths, different ways that you can sort of get to various jobs. And I will will go back to um, a shout out to Bridget um, uh, from the University of Michigan and Vivek uh, on their episode from a couple of seasons ago where they said yeah. there's no no yellow brick road, yes. right? There's That's no one thing path to, to get there, yes. And so I will repeat that because I think both Megan and Lauren and Serge and Elizabeth, they had really different paths to get to where they are. But now, you know, Megan and Lauren both work at the Exoneration Project. Serge and Elizabeth are both professors. So you might think, mm-hmm. oh, wow, like if you look at their resumes, they'll be marching through these very specific steps to have gotten yeah. there. But no, in fact, they've each done really different and unique things um, yeah. to get to the same spot. So, yeah. Yeah. Season four, 62 episodes. I think that's probably the number one thing we've learned is yeah. the no yellow brick road there's really no one path to get where you want to go. And that, I hope that's freeing to people listening because it's certainly been freeing, I think, to both of us 
as we think about our own careers and and what's important to us and how that's changed over time. So just to wrap up really quickly, we also wanted to share some exciting updates about the future of personal jurisdiction. Again, now that we're finishing season four and we've done 62 episodes, you guys, it's way more than we ever thought we would do when we started (laughs) this in 2021. Um, Just kind of hoping someone would listen and you all really have. So thank you for that. Thank you for supporting the work that we're doing really because we just want to share good information for people, law students, practicing attorneys alike. And so um, starting soon, we are going to shift to one episode a month instead of taking a break in the summer because we want to continue to bring great content to you without taking a break. So you can plan to hear from us the first Tuesday of every month with a new episode, and we'll likely have some other content, including some other special series and collaborations as we've done in the past. But again, moving to one episode a month, um, so you can count on hearing from us every month. And um, just a reminder that we love doing this podcast, not yes, just not just because it allows me to at least speak to Allison multiple times a week, <laughs> um, but also because we have heard such great feedback from our listeners, not just people we know, but also people who have reached out to us because they've connected with an episode, they've learned something, um, and we want to keep doing that. And one of the ways you can help us to do that is by sharing the episodes that are interesting, meaningful to you, share the podcast with someone in your community, in your network, like our posts on LinkedIn, that helps us get additional visibility out there in the internet world. Um, And also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. So giving us a five-star review is one of the ways that other people can help to learn more about personal jurisdiction Thank you for listening to us for four seasons and for supporting us. Again, this is really just something that Allison and I love doing. We're excited to continue on. And um, with that, we will see you next time. We'll see you next time. Personal Jurisdiction is powered and distributed by Simplecast. You don't have to wait until next week to hear more. You can find us online at personaljxpod.com and on LinkedIn, where you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to Personal Jurisdiction on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen so that you can be updated on the latest and greatest from Personal Jurisdiction. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating so that other listeners can find our show too. Reach out to us at personaljxpod at gmail.com if you have questions, feedback, or if you'd like to join us as a guest on the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and see you next time.